Fuck it. It's a podcast. <laughs> That's part of the problem about using your phone is there's lots of distractions here and there. That's true. I put mine on silent mode, but I can still use it to Google things like not another podcast. Not another podcast. And also possibly cell phones, possibly recently announced cell phones. Yeah. Um, I did some news or I did some research again this week. I have news from Two Samsung, Nokia, yeah, and Michelle Obama. Not a cell phone. Not a cell phone. No. Uh, Samsung, the S9. Uh, they were talking about it today, and it's all about the camera. People keep well. I mean, I saw the video from Marquez Brownlee. He he said the exact same thing as that. But he proceeded not to really show anything about the camera. So I don't know how many people have really showed off its features think, at this point. I think the only thing he, he might have just got it. He might have just yeah, got it. It looked like they were like a demo or yeah. something for the, the phone. But it's saying, you know, it's all about the camera, super slow-mo. It can do 960 frames per second. That is cool. He showed a little bit of that. So. And you can see that the video is really over sharpened, and he said it's a bit noisy too. But, but the amount of slow mo you can get at that, albeit I think it's for what point two seconds. Yep. Yeah. So you got to be really, really good on the with your trigger finger. Although that's no different than a Phantom, it's just you have a little bit extra time to play with on a, a real slow mo camera. That, or he said that there's a automated function like the camera will watch for quick movement. If there's some kind of action, yep. yeah. Although. <laughs> Who's to say how useful that really is if you are, let's just say you have a channel like, I don't know, hydraulic press channel or something like that. There's a lot of bits that you would want to focus in on and is 0.2 seconds going to cover your thing? No, you couldn't have a proper slow-mo video channel with that kind of capabilities, but it's cool to post to your social media and do it a backflip or something. It has their answer to an emoji or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can use the camera to create your own animated avatar and it will automatically do it for you and then you can in case you do not have a a friend with suitable artistic capabilities as to create one for you and if you want it to be animated uh but the big thing and this is a neat thing is it's the first cell phone that i've heard of and that i know of that has a variable aperture yes that was quite cool and again big talk about that haven't seen the difference at all. I haven't seen the difference in the photos, but at least you can see that it is a true aperture in the video mm-hmm. that we're showing it switch back and forth. So that's neat. And it goes from, was it 2.4 to 1.4? 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. It's interesting. I mean, if you think about DSLR lenses, and you can just say you pick a fast 50, so something like a F1.4 or F1.8 50 millimeter. Even even on my f1.8 50 millimeter, there's a clear distinctive difference between f1.8 and if you burn it to 2.5 or 2.4 or something like that. But with a, a cell phone, I don't know if I'd see that kind of difference. Just because for the longest time, all phones have been fixed aperture. They've been trying to get as wide of an aperture as you can get it. Nobody's complaining, oh, you know, my phone that pulls in so much brightness is is dull in the places where it's in focus. Like it's not really an issue for any flagship phone. And if it is, it's usually really poor glass quality or or some kind of sensor quality issue. Well, I have a feeling that now that this phone is on the cusp of being released, that it will become an issue. People won't be able to live without it. Maybe. It's, it's the way things go. It kind of reminds me of some of the, the cheap film cameras you could get where 
they would just be like a, almost like a disposable camera in in their fun like in their build quality. They'd just be like a plastic box with a plastic lens, and it it was almost it might as well have been fixed aperture because there would there would be like a little aperture ring, and it would instead of having something like you'd see on a DSLR like f two and f two eight whatever, it would have sunny, cloudy. And something more akin to low light or whatever. And it, you, that's what you pick. And you just, well, it's sunny out. I guess I'll go with the widest open. You have no idea what you're doing. And it's just, it's very, you know, wide open, halfway, and another half. And that's it. That's all you get. It's a very minimal customizability, which a bit gimmicky. I don't know. I, I really want to know how much it matters. Plus, you can also think of in the case of video, if you wanted to keep certain settings stationary and you want to have an auto aperture mode essentially or, a, or you pick like an aperture priority mode and go the other way around but you would need the values in between like I, I think it'd be more interesting to see something that could go f15 to 24 but anything infinitely in between just you could have a smooth transition of aperture i think that that may be in the in the future i mean they Every time something like this is released, like when Apple was doing stuff with their phones, people were saying, oh, it's a DSLR killer, which it wasn't, and it won't be. No, but, but we're at the same time, people have shot movies on iPhones, yeah. which you would look at that and say that is a, it's a film. That's, mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't look at it like, ah, oh, it's just a crappy iPhone video. So the line eventually, and probably within the next few years more so than ever, will become increasingly more and more blurred between... I mean, regular DSLR or mirrorless camera and cell phone cameras. I'm still, I haven't heard anything new about it, but I'm still interested in what type of uh, technology and what type of camera Red comes out with. Yeah, because they are going to make new the, updates. No, I don't expect to see much for a while. And when they do announce it, it'll probably be a little bit less than what everybody was expecting. It's still going to cost a fortune. It's AR based. Yeah. So there's going to be something augmented reality based about it so they're right on target there and it'll be modular which is good hmm. just like a camera and the fact that you can swap lenses and things really i would hope that it's like that but it, it'd almost be more interesting to see their take on something like the black magic pocket cinema camera because i think red could do it better probably or they at the very least put in a bigger sensor or some something because that was one of the the drawbacks of the black magic pocket camera yeah it's I mean, for them to do something like that is definitely makes a lot more sense than, say, like uh, another perhaps consumer electronics company like GoPro deciding, hey, we're going to make a drone. Because that didn't end well. No, it didn't. All those, a, few, a few weeks ago was the first time that I ever saw Karma in the flesh. I bet you GoPro would make a killer cinema camera, though, if, if you gave the ability. Because really, the only thing that they don't haven't proven themselves on is glass. I mean, they only make fisheye lenses. <laughs> what their thing is but sensors and gopros are great nobody's really complaining about the image quality anymore they look fantastic user interfaces given the amount of buttons on it amazing and you can do anything very quickly with their cameras i find them to be quite intuitive it'd be cool to see what they could do or what they could have done what they could have done they, that's more up their alley than necessarily trying to get into the drone market that is already so heavily dominated by dji and some of the more uh, some of the more professional drones that are, you know, you would hook a DSLR up to or something. So it's a very different angle. They should stick to cameras and not things that cameras are attached well, to. Well, exactly. 
Well, I mean, I mean they they were smart to add their editing software, like we talked about before. That that was that was smart because. I mean, you have all this footage, you need something yeah. to edit it on. And, and those, that's for pre-existing customers too, right? So mm-hmm. if somebody already has a GoPro, they're going to get more out of that product with said software if they don't, if they're not as big into cinematography and, you know, getting a professional editing suite and things like that, mm-hmm. which yeah, yeah, we talked about before. I like I like the GoPro editing suite that they, they have just, just for managing files, for doing simple things, like just splicing videos together or putting together a time lapse. I always have fun with it it's always worked well mm-hmm. so they did a good job out of all the out of all the businesses and stuff that they bought that was that was a good purchase mm-hmm. i agree uh on the samsung uh s9 the end of the report simply says it's a good bet that the s9 will sell very well and put another rocket under samsung's profits but it probably isn't going to make the jaded phone buyers go wow. And I mean, the camera itself, I'd, I'd need to see it in action before I even get super enthused about it. But it, it's really annoying. This is something that bothers the hell out of me. I, I follow a lot of stuff about phones and technology. And I guess since the Google's Pixel 2 is one of the biggest phone announcements we've had in recent times, there has just been, since, since before it was out, this crazy following of people that will just post anything to to trash it to begin with because first they didn't even have it in their hands yet at first and then since then literally every single time i go through my newsfeed on my phone there's somebody complaining about some pixel 2 xl feature it's always software like oh there's this crazy bug that happens where your phone just shuts off or whatever and they're like but google's fixing it but we have to deal with this and it's just non-stop complaining it's it's like the heightened expectations for these products, ruin it for most people who really, I, I don't feel like my expectations were overly high with it. It's just another, it's another phone, just like the next iPhone is just going to be another iPhone. Mm-hmm. There might be cool little features here and there, but because of people expecting this, like, oh, it's got to be better than the last one. There's just this crazy built up hypes these days that just you cannot live up to. Well, you, you have a phone. I mean, hmm. who was it? It was Louis CK mm-hmm. who said, or he had a bit about how people will get things really quickly. Like, he was on a flight, and it was the first flight he was ever on that had internet. Okay. And before yes. the flight took off... I've heard this. The the uh, pilot came on and said, unfortunately, we can't use the internet, and somebody beside him was like, oh, God damn it. He's like, you've, you've never had this capability. about something that has never existed before. And you've never used it. You've, you've never used it. We're not relying on it. Exactly. It came into your life, and it was taken before you got the chance to use yeah. it, and now you're mad about it. Yeah. These phones, to an extent, are more interesting than anything is you like more interesting than um, Wi-Fi on an airplane. You get a phone that has a variable aperture lens. That's really impressive. It's a cool new feature. If it happens to be a little glitchy on day one, it's all software. I mean, it could be hardware as well. It but could be. Software can be redone and reprogrammed. But you can't, I mean, at a certain point you can get mad. If they have like a final version, then yes, you could be mad. But there's sure. bound to be bugs. But but with again, with a flagship, people who buy these, I mean, you're going to get the more updates than any other phone. So really the chances of any issue you have being fixed are the highest you can get. If you're buying, if you're buying an iPhone, if you're buying Samsung's flagship or HTC's flagship, one, any of these phones, they get they tend to get good coverage. If you're buying a phone for two hundred dollars off a contract, 
you might be forgotten. But at the same time, I mean, I, I tend to like some of, I've, I've bought a lot of value phones, I would say. I don't have crazy high expectations of them. And honestly, a lot of things surprise me. Like the, all these cameras keep, all the, the cameras on a lot of phones, they, they keep putting, you know, dual cameras. And it's always, you get a standard one and you get a telephoto or something. I didn't even realize that my phone was gonna have this, but when I got my phone with dual cameras, turns out one of them isn't a telephoto, it's actually a fisheye or like an ultra wide angle. I use it all the time. It's actually really useful. And it's on a cheap a cheap phone that none of the flagships are doing that. I don't I can't think of one. It's just, I, I just it's unique. Thank you like thinking of interesting. You probably saw it too cuz it was on the Marquis channel, the in-glass fingerprint scanner. Yeah, that was cool. That was neat. Everybody else missed the missed the mark. If they go and they can do fingerprint scanning on the entire screen or something like that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Then you wouldn't need a specific place for it anymore, which would be nice. Mm -hmm. And it, it really gets around the utilitarian, like the function of the, the the issue everybody's having where you you don't want to have it at the bottom anymore like a lot of phones do. My mm -hmm. phone has it like that. All the iPhones used to before the face ID, the, you know, face ID. But they put it on the back, which I hate because then you smudge your camera. You're gonna put your finger in the yeah. wrong place so many times. Or you know, you put on you put on the side one of the power buttons or something. It's a bit of a clunky implementation. But if you put it on the screen, the thing that everybody's already touching and they know what they're looking at when they they go to touch it, it's, it makes perfect sense. It's a smart idea. It looked like it worked well. He said it was a little bit slower than, yeah. but first implementation. Well, first. Odd. That wasn't even a major phone care. No, what that was, was that? that? Was I can't remember. It's just some strange. Yeah, some. Small brand of phone. I know that when at, when there was rumors of Apple releasing the iPhone X, at one point they were talking about having fingerprint scanning inside the glass. And it, it obviously never came to be, and then they went the facial route. It must be nice to change from, yeah, it doesn't say in the, in the description of the video, but no. it must be nice to go from one emerging technology be like yeah we're gonna put the fingerprint scanning in the glass and then realizing yeah we're not gonna have time and then yeah. you go and hey, we're gonna go to something else that arguably has already been done has been done before yes depending on who you talk to some people say that apple's a little bit better than other people which i believe it but that's what they've always done they've mm -hmm. always taken something that you know the tech people out there will can appreciate and have been appreciating for a while and then they really re-release it to the general public in a way that Everybody's like, this is a new crazy thing. And it works so good because it's already been perfected from the way that it used to be. People think, you know, Apple's got it, got it right. And then for that matter, they do. Yeah. So the, people still complain to no end about Face ID. But it, again, it's one of those things that maybe there was too much hype about it. Maybe if I used it, I'd find it perfectly acceptable. I mean, I, I have a fingerprint reader on my phone and I never have thought in my entire life that the amount of time it takes to open my phone is too long. It, it what is it, a, a quarter of a second? Boom, exactly. Yeah. Is, is that too long for somebody? Probably. There's probably somebody who would complain about that all day, all day long. Yeah, but I, I've, I've never understood it, just like you said, because if, I, if there are messages that I need to reply to, I don't even have to unlock the phone. I can just, in my lock screen, that too. go and hit reply. It doesn't show any previous messages, but I can reply to that. I don't have to be in my phone to do things that I might need to do really quickly. And yes, if it takes half a second to unlock my phone... And also, you of six years ago, when did you need to reply to a text in about 3.7 seconds? You when was that need? When did you, you have it? Exactly. It's this expectation that you should be able to do it. 
that makes people very demanding, I would say. Well, no, it, that's that's really true. I I dealt with a, a gentleman today who needed to get his iPhone fixed, and he had, he came in and he said, I need my iPhone. I need a replacement today. Okay. Like, we don't do it on Sundays. Our Apple technician isn't here on Sundays. I don't even have access to his to his wide array of iPhones. His drawer of iPhones. The drawer of iPhones. Um, <laughs> and he was mad. Like, well, you, you need it. Still works. I see. I see you using it. It's mm-hmm. it's just got a crack in it. You need it absolutely today. Like, what are you doing? That you absolutely need a brand new because of the crack in the screen replacement right. today on a Sunday night. Yeah, were you going to a do a fancy dinner that you don't want to pull out a cracked phone or are you just saying that like I get it I run my business off my phone that's great if something goes wrong I've got my old iPhone 4 you should yeah you should you're, you yourself should have a backup of some mm-hmm. sort even if it's a you can do a hell of a lot with an iPad maybe mm-hmm. you can't make the phone calls that you would be required to do but any phone can do that yep so why don't you just have to go to go buy a $20 phone that just makes phone calls pop your sim card and that Make your phone calls. Anything else? Carry around an iPad. But you see, even if something goes wrong with the phone itself, if it still works, I can take phone calls from my apartment because it'll forward yeah. to my iMac. Well, there you go. So I, I've got myself covered. Plus, I always keep I have I have my old iPhone that still works fine, and then I have my phone before the iPhone, which. I turned on the other day and it still works. I wouldn't go that far back if I had to. But No. I don't really have that luxury so much just because I break all my phones. So. Or they get stolen in Cuba. Or they get stolen <laughs> in Cuba. Uh, yeah. You better uh, keep a chain on this one when we go to Florida. I'm not terribly worried about it. Plus, I'll be in America. I'm going to figure out some way that I can use my phone still and not be roaming. Like most, roaming. most, who are you with? Rogers. They have a Rome-like home. Okay. I'm going to use that because it, it makes perfect sense for yeah, text, in North America. Google it. I think if you text 3333 yeah. and type, I can't remember what it is, but I checked, and it'll tell you if you're if you're in the Rome-like home, it'll be 25 or $30 for the week. Okay. But you can use it exactly sure. like you're in Canada. I'm, I'm probably going to do that then. Nah, I'm doing that. And then you have you have find my device. And yeah. Perfect. If it goes missing or if some crazy Cuban person that's for some reason in Florida <laughs> steals my phone, I'm covered. I can, oh, I can exactly. chase them down. Yep. I, I was really happy about it. I'm still going to get Justin to handle some emails while we're away just so if there is any work coming in, I can actually enjoy the vacation. I'll still take phone calls. <laughs> You think that would be a begrudging process? Like, ah, oh, I gotta do work for my boss who's in Florida right now. I don't know. <laughs> like, basically, every time that I've went away, I've always made sure that somebody would handle emails. Like, I went away on a cruise a few years ago. Tila handled the emails mm-hmm. just because cruises just really expensive internet or no internet. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. And I, that'd I, be an exception where I'd leave yeah, the phone at home. I had one. I had one stop where there was internet, so I went through the emails that I had to, and I sent out confirmations and whatnot. Then when we went to Dominican, Justin looked after, and there was nothing. Most most weeks, there might be a few inquiries, if any, and then more often than not, it's fine. And then again, if I hit internet, I'll look through. Relevant to this story, mm-hmm. Tila has told me that the time that she was responsible for your emails... 
she realized what a flaming pile of junk most of your emails were. Has it is it improved since then? You think? Or? What do you mean? She just said you had a ton of junk. You would get like a hundred junk messages. Yeah, and it's she, improved. Okay. Yeah. I, you, what did you just hit unsubscribe on all the things? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I'm a little bit more careful now. It was like there's the the normal ones. Like I still get Best Buy to my to my work. One. They send so many emails. It's ins- I had unsubscribed from them recently. So I I still need to work on it more, especially if we're going a little bit more of the open route. So that way there's not there's nothing private that goes to it. No. Um, just. Like I, I, some things like other photographers' blogs when they post and that I get makes an sense. Email, that goes get, to that. Get some but over the course of the week, it does add up. Mm-hmm. So, for whatever reason, my ability to manage stress in my life is very much linked to my ability to stop almost anybody from emailing me. Like if I get an email, it better be so important that like I, I could turn on notifications and just not worry about being interrupted from an email. But of course I don't because I'm inevitably going to get junk email all the time. It's just something that everybody puts up with and has been putting up with for a very long time. I like, I, I mean, I use Gmail even as a, as like a email server for the DH Media email and it'll sort for me and I do always check my, because it'll sort um, promotional and whatever and i'll check through to make sure i'm not missing anything because sometimes things do slip through but most of the time with just a quick swipe i can delete them all Hmm. okay so if i do get anything it's gone easily enough but i should like you had said go back and double check because some days i don't even think about it's just delete 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 so i actually do wonder how bad it is it's not as bad as it was that being said teal is complaining it was complaining about my personal email back then we didn't have the dossier so she that it's my personal email (laughs) still i i mean if you can manage that much clutter i guess that's fine but oh god i i can't deal with that actually one of the things that i've been doing is i have been going back because my personal email has emails dating back many many years ago and i have been deleting more and more keeping important things and saving documents that I may want just because it does take up so much space, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. No, I was too meticulous with it before. I would literally, I would have folders for like everything eBay related, everything from PayPal and all the, and then it sort of, it, it was over the top. I should, I could, I should probably just select those folders and delete. It's not important. I can go on living my life without this. Yeah. It's not like I need it for taxes or something like that. Which, in that case, I hate keeping receipts, but... I love keeping receipts. I don't love it at tax time, but in general. I mean, I like it after April. So from April through till December, I like it. And then Mm -hmm. December through the end of March, I don't like it. No. Because I have to count every single receipt, which I don't have to. But I like... I like counting. I feel like keeping track of my finances in other ways is better. Like I can just look at a, a bank statement or a, a credit card statement and and get a good feel for what I've been spending. And I could keep track of those numbers as opposed to looking at an itemized list of what well, itemized is for tax store. purposes. Yes, the bank statements and whatnot that I keep track of too. But that's that's a that's a small blip of everything. Mm-hmm. 
Dividing the expenses helps. Obviously, I'm able to check to see how much how much money I did legitimately spend on meeting clients at Tim Hortons. And it adds up. As much as we joke about oh, that's a business expense, it does add up. Absolutely. A coffee here, a coffee there. You're le- you're allowed to buy the client's coffee, so six bucks every time. Uh, car stuff, same thing. Every oil change, every bit of car stuff. What kind of maintenance have you had to do on your Ford Fusion? <laughs> um, well, recent, I mean, not really recently, a year ago, mm. had to do the battery almost exactly Which a year is, ago. Yeah. There's certain things that nobody would look twice, like, they're not going to be like, oh, that's unreliable because everybody has to yeah. fix a battery. No, the battery, um, I got a crack in the windshield once because I was on the highway, got that replaced. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't. Yeah. I. By one day I will. I was still I'm doing. I'm tired of looking at it, kind of. I was still doing baby photos, so I was trying to be a little bit more conscious about not showing up in yeah. something that looks horrible. The broken windshield. Um, I got rear-ended two months ago now, or a month and a half ago now, oh, yeah. and the guy paid to have the rebar and the back end fixed, which, again, not didn't some kind need of, to be done. No. And it's also not some kind of mechanical failure. He, he paid for it. Uh, the last little bit of required work that I had to get done is I got the, got the brake pads done. Okay. And, I mean, just... Out of curiosity, so it was just the pads, not the rotors, right? Mm-hmm. How much you had somebody else do it? How much yeah. did they charge you? I can't remember. I'd have to go back and check. Because that is that's what I did this weekend, and I don't think I'll ever pay somebody to do it again. Because it's not hard. Like I don't, and it's fun. Like smashing a rotor off with a sledgehammer, it's kind of, I don't know, it feels kind of good. How much did it cost you in total? For the brake, well, I had to replace a bearing as well. But for the brakes, pads, and rotors, hundred and thirty dollars. Okay. Brought to you by CarQuest. Yeah, I don't know how much it was for me. Um, I can check because that that's always that's always the the interesting part. How much I like the person I go to. Mm-hmm. I for the first time ever, I feel as though they don't talk down to me. I'm not the most car oriented, so when I have questions, they'll let me know if it's a dumb question, but they won't make fun of the question. Um, and they are a little bit slower on certain things that should be quick, like. An oil change. I hate getting my oil change with them because they take so much longer than yeah. the 10-minute oil change places. But they're just a little bit cheaper, and I feel I feel better because they do a full a full look through everything like the oil change places say that they do. But yeah, they'll oil certain, th- like certain joints and things like that, which is nice. But nobody ever told me until... And this is a little bit of another thing. I went to a Canadian tire... Canadian Tire is really good for a lot of the mechanics are quite quite good at what they do. They're really good at telling you what's wrong. So I, I got them to put my vehicle up on the hoist, and they, they brought me out and said this I was this there. is worn in or whatever, and just show, walked me through everything. I felt quite confident that the mechanic knew exactly what he was talking about, knew exactly what to look for. Just the labor costs that they try to add on are insane, and and the cost of certain parts are really jacked up. I would say because you get a licensed mechanic who has spent a long time owning his craft and whatnot. And acquiring $50,000 in tools. Yep. And, and they own all that equipment, and or 
I was told by somebody who does auto stuff with Canadian Tire that there's some equipment that Canadian Tire supplies, but most of the equipment is their own. Yes. They're an employee of Canadian Tire. They go, I guess if they have their own equipment, it would make them a contractor though. More so, but I don't. Anyways, sure there'd be like a double markup because you would have the you would have the mechanics price and then there'd be that markup for Canadian tires. So it yep. is it is more expensive right off the bat than any other mechanic who just has his own markup. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, my mechanic's name is Mark, but <laughs> <laughs> No, he's he's really good. Um it's it's family owned or it's independently owned. He's not without mistakes, but he's very good at rectifying them. Like when the asshole hit the back of my car, Mm -hmm. he ordered the wrong part, but he got the next one within a day and it actually, I mean, it ended up being cheaper. So So decent. it, it, it was good. So things like that, I don't know if you would get better service at Canadian Tire or anywhere else. My problem was, is I, I did a lot of my tire work and um i dealt with active green and ross for a long time okay and every time i would go in to get tire work done it would always seem like something else would go wrong and people do have weird weird i don't know if they're coincidences for the most part but people will claim that shady things have happened to their vehicles and it's weird because a lot of times it's like oh the guy who did my oil change I, i had him do the oil change in the next day something the transmission one it's like well what could they have done yeah. to your transmission it's like there's some things that seem unrelated and they very well could be i'm now at a point where i am i think everybody eventually as you grow up if you do it yourself that's fine i've always wanted to learn how to do certain things on my car myself it's hard to do that in an apartment uh parking lot sometimes um but if you if there's things you can't do, I think eventually you grow old and you grow old enough, you end up having a guy. You know, I got a guy. Yeah, somebody who's able to devote their and sometimes the guy is Canadian Tire. You know, you have a mechanic at Canadian Tire, just mm-hmm. like you have a financial advisor at TD or something like that. And then some people have this this guy. <laughs> it is it is oddly satisfying for whatever reason to work on a vehicle as opposed to something else, just because it's an extremely ordered device with so many parts to it. I I don't know. I like to get lost in it, sort of. And it's got these really specific orders of operations. Like, if you're going to fix any of the electrical components, anything that's accessible within the vehicle, there's a specific order to take off all your, you know, your dashboard panels and all these things like that. And it... I don't know. I find it kind of fun. It's it's kind of annoying because there will be pl- things that will play, like you got to get a specific kind of ratchet that only fits in this exact area and there's a very specific way to fit it and get it out. It's It can be a pain, but kind of rewarding. The My mechanic kind of stated it simply. He said some people spend their time, you know, learning about cars and they can profit off of, they can profit off of that. And that person who knows cars could save a little bit of money getting a, mid-range camera and take crappy family photos or they could spend more money and you know go to a professional photographer so we all have Mm -hmm. our we all have our strengths we all have our weaknesses i for some reason seem to lack a lot of strengths in traditional (laughs) traditionally masculine areas but i'm learning as i go like i learned how to it it was such a stupid accomplishment for me but i have surround sound speakers in my apartment and as i was moving furniture i uh, tore one of the uh, one of the okay. uh, cables, and I had to Google to fix it, and I fixed it. 
It wasn't. Did you solder it or no, would, it yeah. was just it was just rewrapping the cables? And, oh, and taped it up. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a it's not a professional fix, but it works fine. No, it make it makes they good weren't content. they weren't expensive surround sound speakers no. either, so it, they still work fine. I was watching. Um, and two experiences you wouldn't think. I was watching Euro Trip on my birthday. Okay. Okay. And Blu-ray player went surround sound. I wonder if sound editors fuck with people. Did they put weird things behind your like? Like it left keeps ear throwing and... me off. Yeah. <laughs> people in the movie they'd yell and they'd be like, "Oh crap!" And then a few nights ago, I watched Jurassic World as I was again filing receipts. So I wasn't actually watching the TV. I was had my back to the TV. You're a raptor over there, and it scared the shit out of me. And it wasn't it wasn't a raptor roar. It was just leaves r- rustling. Right. But I had my window open, too. So it's like it could have came from the window. Very immersive. I like it. I haven't enjoyed surround sound in a long time. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I, the my family's living room, I guess, had a pretty good surround sound system. But I, I never saw the purpose for myself to buy it, unless I had a devoted, like, movie room theater or something like that in my house as i said it's just a cheap surround sound but it it's amazing how affordable it is to even get that extra immersion it's not it's not fully surround because i can't get anything behind me i suppose i could now that there's a desk behind the behind the couch so it would be kind of neat so it is just uh you know right right uh and then a few in the front but there is one that is supposed to go behind as well, but I, uh, I don't care. When when I get a house, I am gonna have, hopefully, something of a decent quality. If you if you can, it's one of those things that I'd almost want to overdo. Like I'd get way too into like, okay, this room's gotta have perfect acoustics. It's gotta have this exact shape. TVs here, speakers have to be this set distance apart, and just see like how far you can push it. The one of my. Ugh. Dad's friends re or built his current house from scratch. Okay. He had lived in a farmhouse for forever. And, you know, he used to do tobacco and now he owns real estate. Like he's now a real estate developer and stuff like that. So good, good money. Tore down his farmhouse. Okay. And built just this brand new, huge, like just beautiful house, giant, like fireplace that's the mantles, the side, the height of the bookshelf so slightly overdone that being said he's a very tall person as well enjoy it from up high yeah um his basement beautiful basement pool table workout room basically everything you could ever ask for Mm -hmm. giant nice projected tv speakers all over the basement like in in the ceiling oh okay all over but because it was like that not surround sound so it, it, you'll get equal sound all over the basement, but it's not surround sound. How does that work? Is I, it all wired into like two channels, like a stereo setup? I think so. I, I, hmm. it, a really good stereo setup can sound kind of, you can get sort of a feel for the space. But that sounds like a nightmare for wiring it up. Like what did, what did he do? Just spice all the cables together? Well, he didn't get somebody come in. Weird. I mean, the most the people usually push it to is 7.1 or 7.2 for surround sound, which I guess you could take more speakers and put multiple speakers on a specific channel, but it'd be weird to do just as many speakers as you can find and make a circle around you. 
unless you could get the differentiation of position. But no movies film like that. Nobody movies film to fit such a sound space. Oh, whatever. The times that I've been there, they've just basically been parties. So it plays music very well. I would have. I don't. I don't think they watch movies down there all that much. I think it is just more of a, a football. They okay. they always do Super Bowl party, and I, I mean it sounds fine. And then I know somebody else who redid their basement. Nice again, giant projector television that seems to be the way that a lot of people go nowadays. And they do have surround sound, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. One thing that almost negates it if this future would actually come to fruition and not just be some kind of gimmick is VR. Because then you just wear headphones, two channels, or you have something, two speakers around you. And depending on which way you face, it just plays something a little bit different. Oh, I know. Which would really mitigate the need for expensive speakers. If you could make the VR more affordable, at least. Like that uh, VR experience we saw that camera show last year. Yes. With yeah, the, well, there was an immersive sound element yes, to it. Which was neat. It was. I know that for some video games, they've been trying to perfect that for a while, and there's definitely some that would probably take advantage of that, I would think. I I can see it working for video games because the people that are willing to put up with the process necessary to get some of that working and all the setup, all the drivers, all the stuff to, to make it work would be gamers more than a casual movie watcher. That's true. They theorize that the next... I mean, they, they kind of have it, and we we mentioned this only briefly before, but it's the first game that I've had experience with, that the next generation may end up being a VR version. I can't imagine how it would be entertaining, uh, but they say that potentially The Sims 5 okay, virtual reality, which I guess is interesting until you... It's like it's life, life simulator, but... So the, the whole idea of The Sims is you're controlling multiple people. You're controlling not one. You're controlling. Is that the premise for the game is that you control one person? No. You okay. control. I mean, if you start out single, you control the person. But you get married, you have kids, whatever. That's that's kind of the way you control a family of eight. Hmm. Not, a, not really a single person, although you can. So I can't imagine VR you could control more than one person at a time. So you'll just be... Living a digital life, which I'm sure some people, I know some people would like. Yeah. If you don't got a lot going for you, you don't look the way you want, nothing's going the way you want it to, man, just turn on your computer, live the life you always wanted. Well, that's why I have GTA. <laughs> I get angry, I shoot people, which is a hot button topic right now. Yeah. But, but it won't be when we release this. No. No. That's true. Everybody will have forgotten about if we released the AR-15 it, rifle. If we released the first one now yeah it would be the middle of april before we got to this one yeah. so we probably all, we, should we would seem blissfully unaware of the the state of america and the mass shooting situation down there that's true which hopefully well let's try cheer people up a bit that's true it's i mean that's a that's a screwed up situation <laughs> and i noticed for the first time the the mass shooting actually I'm, I caught somebody unknowingly spreading fake news. Okay. Somebody on Facebook posted a link to another school shooting. Oh. Oh. Okay. And it was in the States. Yeah. And I'm reading the comments and the comments were like, this is horrible. I can't believe it happened again because it was only a week after the February 14th in Florida, maybe 10 days. Like, okay. 
very, very soon. They're like, this is horrible. And there was two students dead, 17 injured. So not on the same scale, but every life is, you know, sure. death is death is horrible. But I clicked the article because I wanted to know where it was. I wanted to know the information. I read the article and then I read the date. The date is what got me. It was from this year, but it was from mid-January. Okay. Okay. Not the middle of February, but this woman who posted it. Was saying that it was. Was saying, oh, it's another, like this has to be stopped. So I could have left it, but the comments were, they have to do something, they have to do something. So I just commented and I said, it's horrible. And it is also horrible that there's this distinction that it's not a shooting from this month. It's last month's shooting, but it's not new. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking about this, please know that this this isn't breaking news. This is very unfortunate. But thus far, there's nothing. There hasn't been another one as bad as the one that we've just we've just you know went through. So let's not spread this this as brand new. If you want to talk about it and how bad it is, and it is horrible, that's fine. But don't say that it just happened this morning or anything like that because it didn't. No. And it's not like even the date was hard to find. It was a news article. So it was dated at Name, the top. Name, like byline, yeah. date. Hmm. So somebody just saw, it's just one of those things where somebody sees the headline and they don't, they just go from that. Hmm. It, another interesting thing to see with all of this is there's, all, there's always some comedian that will make the first joke about something like that and everybody will go, they'll hate him for it forever. And then it becomes somehow acceptable to make fun of it in certain situations. But but what I'm saying more replace that now is people will make memes about something as serious as a school shooting. And it's it it makes you feel guilty because some of them are kind of funny. Well, I think I, I'd like I get the example that I, I like to pick on would be people were criticizing the the children for speaking out mostly because they're like, what, last week you were eating Tide, Tide Pods, Pods and this week you're telling us about gun control which is true but it is a and i mean on that point yes that generation may have may have had tide pod problems possibly but they are generalizing there's no there's no guarantee that any student from that school ate a tide pod overall probably most kids have not eaten tide i would say there is a high i've eaten soap i'd be one of the only people in our group of friends who has right (laughs) that's you're the only person i don't know that has eaten soap so the odds of any one of those students having eaten Tide Pods? Not likely. But the millennial generation, there's some people that deal with it, like deal with it, and they think it's everybody else's fault and they get to have that attitude. You know a few people. You've lived with a few of them. Yes. And then there's other people that are like, well, you know, this is the, this is the hand we were dealt and we're going to make something of it. But if something were to happen, it's there's, there's always... It's, I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's, you can't generalize, really. No. Yes, there was a certain segment of people eating Tide Pods. But even though they ate Tide Pods, I consider myself to be an intelligent person. You want to talk about gun control? That's fine. Six months ago, I ate soap. <laughs> no, no, of course. It, it would be logically fallacious to in, infer that it's because somebody does something stupid once that they cannot make a, a valid criticism of something else. Of course. I mean, they're still children, and it's still a bit of a strange issue because you could talk about 
gun control as a more general thing, because this is a very general, there's shootings everywhere. A general approach to it would make sense. It, it's strange that a lot of times it's about banning a specific rifle, which, I mean, a lot of people, I always see people post jokes about, you know, assault whatever versus whatever, and it's just a bunch of plastic glued to a thing that makes it an assault weapon of some kind, and it's it's strange the way that humans draw distinctions, and it's very it's a very an emotional response to the the look of this object and like that's a killing machine, but you know this wooden rifle your grandfather used to hunt a deer, not a problem, not something worth uh, not something worth banning. Well, exactly. I have a friend who um, he was a groom, and on his bachelor party or at his bachelor party, they went axe throwing. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I'd love to do. And that. he has continued, and it's been. Uh, almost two years since his wedding. And I saw a video of him a little while ago hitting multiple, like throwing his axe and getting bullseye all the time. Hmm. Almost like somebody going to a gun range <laughs> and shooting a gun. Like yeah. now that axe in his hands. It's a weapon. You could do somebody with it, yeah. It's true. Nobody's saying ban the axes. He can't have an axe. And that's sort of the argument for the amount of damage because people will say, oh, well, look at how much damage you can do with guns. We should ban guns, but and then people argue, well, but what should we ban cars? Because you can do potentially more damage with a, a vehicle right, running people over. That's true. And, if, I, but if, then, if I took my car and drove it through crowds, which we've crowds. seen, if I went, if I went through the farmers do. market in St. Catharines exactly. on Saturday, boom, more than seventeen people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then people would say that that's a, they'll sort of dismiss that argument. I would say just because cards are seem like such a necessary thing and they're not intentionally Cars don't a kill weapon. people. I kill people. Yeah. And then you look at statistics for stuff like knife crimes and, and I think the largest largest mass killing situation that's ever occurred was somewhere in China with some guy had a knife on a, a subway or something. It, it, well, in a small space? Sure. It's, it's a strange attitude, especially being somewhere in the world that's not the United States. We don't. At least people like to think we don't have guns everywhere, although we do. It's just different kinds of guns and for different purposes. Like there's no – in the States they have this you know self-defense mentality and things like that that we don't get so much in Canada. But it's yeah, it's just strange looking at a lot of people squabble over th things like bump stocks, which that was always – you know what a bump stock is, right? Yeah. Okay. It was a, a party trick. Like I before this was ever a thing, before the Las Vegas shooter guy had one, it was never – I've never seen anybody talk about it in the news. It was the thing that, oh, my, you know, I know this guy who knows a guy who had modified his stock of his gun to go back and forth, and now he can shoot it as fast as, like, a seemingly as fast as an assault rifle. I mean, later you find out that the guy's all over the place. He just can't control anything because that's not what the device is made for. But, but it, it, Donald Trump came out, and he talked about how they're looking into banning them. It's like a bunch of kids were just killed with, albeit it was an AR-15, a bump stock wasn't involved, and I don't know. And the the guy that was shooting people in Las Vegas, I think one of his guns had a bump stock. What about the other guns he used? They didn't. It didn't stop them from being effective. I, I think any type of once you get politics involved, and once you get people paying. I mean, the NRA is obviously kind of deep in politics. People are turning on the NRA, which I is weird because people have been complaining about the roots of the NRA for. As long as I can remember. I was going to print an article about it, but I couldn't find... I'm trying to get better sources, and I couldn't find anything that wasn't um, like an offshoot newspaper, but they were saying 
that in recent interviews, Trump at least has has expressed interest in doing something about the gun problem. And there's a like there's a disagreement brewing with the NRA. If they were to make any decision based on this, I'm just getting worried. Hold on one second. Yeah. Do we have some kind of recording issue possibly? No, no? I'm just making sure. Okay, perfect. I would say that if yeah. there was any change to be seen, the one that I would least object to would probably be to raise the age yes. of individuals that can have guns. Because, I mean, I, I grew up knowing I, guns as hunting tools or like just something for target practice. And I was shoot, to be fair, I was shooting much, much younger than 18. But at the same time, I never had access to guns at that point, even though I could legally buy one due to having a firearms license. I never, even if I did, I'm pretty sure my parents probably would have stuck in the gun safe. They have the key to it. As they should have. Yeah, which is reasonable, I would say. I don't know, I think the age at which it becomes reasonable to own and store your own firearms is the age at which you are independent, the age at which you would be probably either moved out or at the very least paying rent to your parents or something along those lines. Not in high school, that's for sure. Well, I didn't, I didn't ever really shoot some, we, we did some stuff at scout camps and whatnot. Probably had air rifles or cross, like some kind of bow and arrow setup, I would yeah. imagine. But I went to school with kids because, I mean, yes, it's a tobacco town, but I went to school with kids who hunted all the time. Not kids. I went to high school with, yeah. with high school students who hunted all the time and they would hunt after school. They would hunt before school. And I've told this story to a few people, but the more I think about it, the more I think maybe it was actually before, a few years before um, I was in school. But I remember there was an issue with students who were licensed having a gun rack in their car. Without a gun in it. Without a gun in it or with a I can't remember what it was. And now that I'm in front of the camera, I don't want to give false info. Sure. Well, but, let's go on this premise, though. So, gun rack in their car, I mean, that shouldn't really that, be right. That shouldn't be a problem, but anybody. I feel as though some students still brought, because they would hunt before school. Yeah. So, I feel like so some would bring. So, they were in the school parking lot yeah. with a gun in their car? You wouldn't, you wouldn't at all be able to do that now. No. But I think, because I graduated eight years ago. Hmm. A lot's happened in eight years. And even then, I know it wasn't in grade 12, because... One of the hunters that I knew of died, and that was before grade 12. So I know that it would have been like grade 10, maybe. So that's 10 years ago, mm-hmm. maybe 11, so nine. So maybe they were allowed. I can't remember, but I know. I don't know. Like, there, I don't see anywhere specifically stating that you cannot bring a weapon like that into the, a parking area of somewhere. Like, there's specific rules about how you store a gun in your car in mm-hmm. Canada. I mean, it would I be inaccessible to the driver. Rules. It would be locked in some way with a, a trigger guard or something like that that makes it in, uh, unusable. And the ammunition would be stored somewhere that is not within reasonable access to the firearm. So somewhere else locked, perhaps in a locked glove box or something along those lines. I don't know. It, it doesn't... It is kind of sketchy, I guess. But if you live in the country that... It's kind of to be expected, I would imagine. I, I would think so. I, we're we're shooting a wedding for one of my one of my friends who's one of the hunters. That's coming up. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, he hunts all the time. He's now into cars more than hunting, but 
used to hunt all the time with his dad. Dad was I, one of my scout leaders. I can't see myself ever being big into hunting alone. I, I liked doing it with my family when I was younger for the most part. But, but yeah, some people get really enthusiastic, uh, enthusiastic about it. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like it would have accomplished very much because, yeah, I sat in the, the forest and waited for a deer to come by and I used a, a gun. Heavily overpowered weapon to sure. kill the defenseless and deer. even people get off on like using like cross or not even a cross but like an actual like a recurve bow or something something that's neat. very highly skilled but they just make themselves out to be some kind of warrior because they can do it now it's, like, it's not for me i think i can pass on that maybe maybe if i was going to go on vacation one year and i wanted to switch it up a hunting trip in alaska would be pretty cool or be neat yeah you can't, you can't go to Africa and do that because people will no. crucify yes. you for well, no, shooting you anything. Can. Just make sure there's no pictures. Well, yeah. Or just hunt something that people don't like, like a wild pig or something like that. A snake. A snake. There you go. Nobody's going to complain. No. Shoot a lion. Oh. Yep. No, that's it. That's that's. You, your elephant. career is over. Mm-hmm. You're going to be fired. You're going to have no friends. Yep. <laughs> Somebody might try to run you down with their car if they see you. I like, contrary to the way I look and how I live my life, I, I enjoyed hiking with you before, yeah, and nice. I'd like to do it again. And the more I talk to Justin about golfing, we should go golfing yeah, this year. Absolutely. I'd love to go That'd golfing this summer at least once. I talked to my dad about golfing. He's like, oh, what'd you use? I'm like, we rented clubs from the golf course. He's like, why didn't you use yours? So oh. I guess I forgot that I had them. I wonder <laughs> if it's been so long, if they're the right size, but I guess I've got a set at home, which I'll bring back at some point because i i have to go to a driving range before we do any golfing because i need to work on driving range is almost i've I never went to an actual golf course to play nine holes or 18 holes or whatever but i did go to a lot of driving ranges as a kid that was a lot of fun yeah. I, I like the ones where they put stuff out there for you to hit like some old beat up car or something tractor tractor there you go one in tilsonburg had a tractor hmm. mm-hmm. yeah no that'd be that'd be fun um, and the hiking, I enjoy hiking. So I think I like a lot of things that hunters do, except the actual hunting. I like going out. I just like, use my camera. You get you try yeah. to get a big telephoto lens or something on there, and that's pretty fun. Yeah, you can shoot the animals in a different way. And multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> no blood. No blood. Now, that being said, the only time I've eaten duck. Never had duck. Was on was over a fire, freshly hunted, just delicious, very greasy, but cooked over a fire. The grease just it adds fuel to the fire. Mm-hmm. It was really good, and I I don't do grocery stores sell duck. I think you'd have to go to like an Asian market to sell they, to get duck. Certain times of year, they'll sell certain things like I think duck. Also rabbit. For whatever reason, I don't even know when it is. Mm -hmm. But I see it in the grocery store sometimes, but there'll be periods of like months where you can't find it. Because they're catching the wascally rabbit. I guess. (laughs) Which I eh, I always find it weird because those are like, I guess, captive rabbits. I don't know. I've only ever eaten snowshoe hare, which hare and rabbit are different. I've never, I don't think I've ever had rabbit exactly. But, But I guess those are brought over. Rabbit were brought over to North America for purposes of breeding and, and eating them. Hare were, I guess, indigenous to the to North American landscape. Well, next time you see some rabbit, grab some. There's rabbit down here, but I would feel so guilty. They're for cute. Killing a cottontail rabbit in the subdivision somewhere. 
probably probably get a cops called on me too. Not worth it. Although it, it probably I could probably get one in my backyard. That's true. Just use a bow and arrow. Nobody That's would true. know. And then you'll you'll feel badass. You'll feel like a god because he killed him with an arrow. <laughs> I would feel very impressed because I suck at shooting at using a bow and arrow. I'm not good at it. I haven't. I I haven't used. I haven't done any type of archery since high school. Since my last year of high school, which would have been more recent than the last time I did archery with Scout. I wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. It's definitely been eight years, so mm-hmm. I'd have to I'd have to um, reacquaint myself. It was the consistency that was the issue. Because I, I probably could hit something relatively close to a bullseye at like 30 yards, but to get the arrows to even be close to the same place all the time, I, I can't. I don't have a steady enough hand for that. A broken clock is right once or twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate enough that I could probably get a deer if for whatever reason I was dropped into the middle of the wilderness with a bow and arrow in my and some arrows. You got lucky. Yeah. You get dropped lucky. in the middle and you just happen to have your bow and arrow. You don't have a bow or arrow. No, so you'd be you'd have to be really lucky to yes. be dropped with a random bow. I maybe I think I have one perhaps at my parents' house still, but it's it's a piece of plastic pretty much. It's yeah, I have not a suction cup one. No, <laughs> that's that'd be fun to. I have enough space in my backyard, but again, neighbors might look at me weird considering that there's an elementary school on the side of the other side of the chain that's link true. bench. But you could. Uh, but what if if school's out? I mean, why not? That's true. There's no kids back there. You could uh, get a get a dartboard for the side of your garage. Could do that too. It'd be fun. There's a lot of room in this backyard for mm-hmm. so much room. Host for more events. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Giant backyard. Last time I watched fireworks at your place, we end up on the roof. Yes. <laughs> My roof has a decent view of the downtown Niagara Falls area. You so. should sell sell tickets, tickets to the roof. Yeah. You know, there would be a major liability issue. Yeah, it was hard to climb that. It was not fun. It was very steep. Yeah, I am not a roof climber. And then last year was my year of roof climbing, two roofs in one year. Some might call it a living. (laughs) The steel steel roof top at the wedding that we did was, that was pretty cool. I didn't know how much I trusted the roof, but at the same time, I didn't exactly care. It was was worth it because it was a unique shot. Something that we... Went out of the way to do. We did. And it's a good photo. I mean, it's not an award-winning photo, but it got no. everybody at the wedding there. But nobody else that we've ever done weddings for has a photo like that, something so unique. No, not with at the actual reception venue um, with the like with the entire wedding company, the entire wedding party. I, you would think that more weddings would have that with drones now, though. An aerial photo, yeah, I would, mm-hmm. I would think so. But no, that, that that was definitely fun. And, you know, maybe the unpopular opinion, but I really like a lot of those photos. The the after, the, the sunset photos, the after dark photos, There's it's a good collection. It We usually don't do so much shooting outdoors once it's dark, I would say. It was a unique situation in which we could play a little bit with that. Yeah. Even, even ones of like, we did some with the ring... And some flowers that were just, I would have never taken pictures like that where it was a lot of fill light with the flash. But at the same time, you have a little bit of light coming in from the the sunset. It looked different. It was something like we've never done before. It's 
it's all about, I, I did an experiment and I told Teal about it and I don't know if she liked me telling her about it, but for some reason we did an engagement shoot in October, November. I can't remember when. And for some reason I had the raw files on my computer. I, I don't know why. Okay. But I saw, I was doing some file cleaning and I saw the raw file. I'm like, huh, I'm going to edit it. And I'm not going to look at hers. I'm just going to do it the way that I would. And see how different it is. Just see how different it is. I kind of know what hers looks like. Yeah. But I did it. Oh, my God. Way different. Eh? Very different. Hmm. I'll send it to you. I'd love to see the difference. Yeah. yeah. It's a big difference. Yeah, we should have a challenge like that where there's somebody, we go out, we collectively all decide to take a photo, mm-hmm. give That'd it to each of us and see what the Florida. difference is. In Florida, we can do it. Yeah. I, I give, give, Mel, give, give Melissa... The chance to edit to a raw edit file. The raw file. You know, we each take one. She edits all. Like she. You know, if four. you put it in front of Lightroom, sliders make yeah, it be, really be easy. Easy enough to do it. No, it wouldn't be bad at all. I, I'm questioning. Maybe I should bring one of my film cameras because I could go through a lot of rolls of film, and I might even find somewhere to process it on site in the states. That's true. Maybe I don't know if I'd be that lucky, but we hmm. could Google it. Yeah. I'll look up to see if there's anywhere in the... Well, it doesn't really matter where it is necessarily, but just because I have so much film, I just I visited my parents and I store film in their deep freezer and there was probably a thousand photos worth of film just ready to go, ready to be used at some point just because I loaded up on it when I could get it cheap. I should sell it. You could. I got it so cheap that it would be profitable for me to sell it on Kijiji for sure or eBay or anything. Would you miss it? No, it's cheap film. It's nothing special. Plus, it's such a hassle to develop color film because that's what it is. I I use anything that's black and white, and I'll probably develop all that in the batch at some point. But it's so much easier to develop it yourself. That'd be fun. I haven't I haven't done that since high school. Develop film. I mean, I'd offer you to come over and help me do it, but it's really not that involved of a process if you're not doing it in a dark room. Because I imagine it's, I've never had the opportunity to do it in a dark room, which it, it sounds pretty neat because you get to That's see it happen it, yeah. in front of you. For me, it's a lot of, okay, I got to have everything, all my chemicals, everything mixed in a specific order, have it all set up. And then I need to shut the lights off and like tape off the light, the corners of light in this room and make it, do it in a closet and then do it in a bag inside of a garbage bag and just shake it around for, you know, however long it takes. Yeah. For, for changing film rolls in film school, we had film tents Mm -hmm. and they would have gloves. So you would put the film in the tent and you would put your hands in the gloves and that's how you would do it. And that worked, but it was always nerve-wracking. You didn't want to knock the them gloves down. would mess with your feel. At least the, the way that the um, the way that I get the film out of the canister is you you know you pop off the end and you can pull out the whole thing. But getting that onto a reel in perfect darkness with just by feel is a nerve-wracking process. Because if you screw it up and the film is like touching each other in places, it's just gonna you're gonna get splotches of white, overexposed areas or, or not processed areas, and it just looks terrible. It's it's nerve-wracking. I've only really messed it up like that once, and it wasn't that bad. I probably lost like 10 photos because it was the pieces had stuck together inside the, the reel, which is kind of a pain in the ass, but I wasn't that bothered. Well, the, the only time I've done any darkroom developing, as I said, 
in we were showed the we were showed the principal process in in college but we didn't we didn't do any of it they had an outside company that developed the the film reels for us which was nice uh but in high school we did the standard high school thing and made pinhole cameras and then developed the film in the pinhole camera i don't i'd like to see there be a course for glass grounding and you got to make your own lens that would be exciting that'd be neat yeah I'd figure a student with the technology that you have could probably muster something that's the equivalent of about a, you know, a piece of optics from the maybe 1900 or something. Like you could probably pull it off. It'd be a time, probably a time consuming process, hmm. but I'd, I'd like to see well, how that would work out. You can make the E-mount, the Eric mount series of lenses. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is taken. Well, the EG mount. That is not. I, at that point, most people just the old lenses were all just like the the threaded ones, which are interesting too. But they don't work the way the modern ones one because you would probably get your you would probably mount sideways on some cameras just due to different manufacturing spec and and things like that. There is a, the weird thing about camera lens mounts is there is actually a mathematically ideal way to do it. Like it's very strange to see some. And I, I guess it's a lot of the lack of forethinking on certain manufacturers' part. Like, for instance, the longest-running camera mount that is still actively used in history, Nikon's F-mount, the biggest flaw with it is it's mechanical, which some mounts are... And there's there's different things to do now, too, but a lot of mounts for modern cameras have, are only electronic, which means the, the aperture is electronic and, and the other information is electronic. But with Nikon, you still have a manual arm that moves the lever that moves the aperture, and also the rear element size is smaller than Canon and a couple other manufacturers, which essentially limits your ability to have very wide aperture lenses. That's why Nikon has a 50F 1.2 and Canon has some other lenses that are 1.2 and also like an F1 50 uh, millimeter and a few lenses here and there that will work on their system. But mathematically, there's a certain ratio that you could figure out when it's exactly big enough to have a rear element the size for whatever sensor you're using as long as you're committed to a certain size of sensor and it's a certain system where you could integrate and in just electronic communication between the the lens and the camera i don't know it, it's very strange because everybody wants to come up with their own mount but really everybody should just get on the same page and just use one mount for one, one mount for 35 mil one for APS-C size sensors one for micro four thirds and that i think that would be the best way to do it because you could have lenses of the exact size you need as opposed to putting a really big, for example, 24 to 70 lens on an APS-C body, you're wasting so much of that image for a really heavy lens. I don't know if it ever go that way. They seem to be set in their ways, maybe one day. Everybody's got their own adapters. I mean, Sony's now got a really, well, Sony's, I guess for a long time, had a pretty good adapter set up for putting camera different camera lenses from Canon or, or Nikon on their stuff. And they, they worked quite well, though I guess they don't have a mechanical setup to change the aperture in the same way. Although maybe they got a ring on the back, I would imagine. I don't know. <sighs> even there's, that there's even autofocus support, which is pretty neat, on uh, through the adapters. It's slow compared to if you put the same Canon lens on a Canon as opposed to the Sony, but it's there. Hmm. Huh. Closer to having a one lens mount solution. That's true. Um, 
that that would take a i mean it'd be nice that would take a a lot because most people nowadays in general if you shoot if you shoot canon you have canon glass if you shoot nikon you have nikon glass if you shoot sony typically but especially in in the realm of filmmaking because you don't need something with quick autofocus or there's a lot more although you might want image stabilization but some cameras do that in body it's nice being able to pick out old glass from one of my favorite types of lenses are the old Leica screw mount lenses that are and they would there was a couple of Russian manufacturers that would make stuff like the the Jupiter series of lenses I should almost go get one just because they're such a neat thing to look at but you can get them for dirt cheap and they have an amazing image quality and it's something there's an aesthetic to it that you can't get with a modern perfected corrected piece of glass from Canon or Nikon or somebody like that this sort of a dreamy look to it I feel like I should almost grab it, but it won't take too long to go get it. We could. We're mm. not. We're not going anywhere. Um, I think it's the kind of thing that would be <clears throat> suited to like a proper lens review with nice close-ups of the lens, which is something. I guess we could talk about it a little bit. It'd be nice to increase the presence that whether us individually have online or something more like DH Media has online with having YouTube videos, not just this podcast, which is mostly unrelated, luckily, to DH Media. Yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, have something that's a little bit more personable. And I think I would love to do lens reviews or something. Well, you do lens reviews. Something there's, there's lots of things. We, Teal and I kind of talked about it yesterday where we should start talking about blogs, but also at the same time, I, I like the idea of a blog, but I also like the idea of you know, the vlogs as well. I like being able to sit and talk in front of a camera versus... I'm more gravitated towards vlogging because there's two sides to it. So firstly, I don't really want to write super long articles because there's people that already do it so much better than I do. And two, doing it on camera means it lends itself to being concise and you can sort of get a feel to be interesting and more communicative with people than you would with a, a very disconnected blog post. The only thing that, and it, it's such a quick fix. The The reason why blog makes sense and the reason why a lot of websites start doing blogs and then don't is because as you read, and I've known this, but I, I was just reading again, to score a higher rank on search engines, you, one, of the, one of the factors is being able to uh, like continuously update your website in, in the sense that not making changes, but have new posts, new, new things being updated. So blogs work with that. So that way Google never looks at your website. Like it's a dormant website or something like that. That makes sense. So I mean, a blog makes sense, but even, even doing the vlog works because you're still going to have to write a little blurb about it in the info. Like just this is what it's about. Yeah, and, and I then on that note, that makes so much more sense. I know Tila doesn't like her own voice, but I'd much rather sit in front of a camera and talk about. How and, but that's a specific thing to her. Like mm-hmm. nobody else cares. You know, right. nobody else is bothered by hearing her voice necessarily. It, it takes you've you've probably noticed over the past five weeks a difference in how you talk and project into. Yeah. It, it's more so. I try to avoid talking over you for like stupid comments usually in regular conversation i might say stuff while someone's talking and it's an entirely acceptable thing to do of course but it's really annoying to listen to on a podcast it's terrible and also being a little bit more emotive too because i i know i'm pretty monotone and stuff but i 
especially with some some older friends, I can get really into a conversation, and it's a uh, at least more I would think is more interesting to watch. I know I I laugh, I laugh a lot. Some people say I'm too serious, and then I'm with. Melissa and she says, "Yeah, people say you need to smile more, but you laugh all the time." I, I have a wide range of emotions, but I even even this podcast, I think we're still taking it too seriously, and it's not something, not anything really on us. It's just I, for whatever reason, it's just the atmosphere that fits right now. We need to add whiskey, and then the seriousness yeah. will go away. I guess. <laughs> you know, I could I could get drunk once a week, and that I wouldn't feel too bad about it. Not at all. Um. No, I, she she showed me her her baking video and it was fine. Her voice sounds kind of bad in that, but she also wasn't using she didn't, an actual microphone. No, so I liked I liked the video quite a lot. It, it and I looked, told I keep telling her, I let me work on something like this with you, but I want to be able to plan it with you from the start, just so we can be as efficient as possible. Especially operating two cameras yourself and having to shoot things twice. Well, she was she was originally only operating one. That was the problem. Yeah. She was shooting what she needed to say, and then she would do her inserts of her pouring the, the After, flour in. Yeah, yeah. No, that's which is ridiculous. Too much effort. <laughs> when the entire time she would have had, at the very least had the T2I and her camera. So she had two cameras, she could just did it. Yeah. And then as soon as she started using both, the 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 cuts are a lot more smooth, they're a lot more natural because mm. they actually It happened at the same time. You have the, the continuity time. available. Um being able to set up something like we have a really fortunate situation in which we have downstairs a kitchen that is it's like a mock kitchen because we don't use it, but it's perfect for filming things. It's Did she open. bake it down there? Does that oven work down there? No. No, so I guess that's a, there. It's breaking the secret if she does post that to yeah. people who watch it. But no, that's not the oven down there. That uh, There is an oven down there. There though, is. Right? We could turn it on. It's, a, it's all natural gas operated. But um, I think the ideal setup for that... Because you can really do it up like a studio. You mm -hmm. just have it crop out a little bit early from the top. If you wanted, if you wanted, there's <laughs> enough room for chairs in there. There is live studio audience. But you you could fit a camera on the ceiling to have the top down view. Mm -hmm. You could have the same camera as before, and you just have one. You have a camera operator off to the side that could be well enough hidden. I would think, yeah. especially if you light it so you don't get shadows from the operator. It could be a proper cooking show. It could be. Could start doing live streams again, especially if we have a way of broadcasting stuff from a DSLR right to I've Facebook. Ever as I've been doing the the multicam with this, I've been thinking we're so close. Like I know there's programs out there that can do it, but once you're able to broadcast live with multiple cameras mm. and like actually switch, that'd be neat. It would be, and it's an entirely different way because you have a. It's almost setting expectations lower to begin with because if people tune into a live stream, they're usually expecting someone on their phone and then they're perfectly, they're not going to complain about that at mm -hmm. all unless the person has a flipped portrait or something stupid. But if you're switching between like DSLRs, it'll look like a cooking show. Well, it will. I, I, I know we, we have differing opinions on certain aspects, but Raw Talk now, they, they're back in full force. They do it live every Friday. Oh, it's live now. Mm -hmm. I don't know when it went. I haven't kept up with it. Wait, it went live time. in the new year. Yeah, okay. So they, they took a little break. They came back. It's kind of retooled. It's only about an hour and 15 minutes now, so it's not as long as it used to be. They used to go on quite a while. Yeah, sometimes. But it's completely live. It's cut live, and they have you know their standard angles, but then they also have the TV input, so when they're showing pictures and stuff like that, it'll go full screen. Like It's very well produced. Okay. And just watching them. That's the other thing I want. Just 
They scare me though because the equipment they're using isn't cheap. No, like they're but it's never been cheap. They've their uh, switching unit is able to handle 4K, obviously, okay. which and we don't need. But. It's able to handle multiple 4K inputs, and it was like eight grand. So. Yeah, <laughs> but I I feel as though you can connect each one of these. Connect the GoPro to a computer and use the. This GoPro doesn't have. Some GoPros have HDMI out. Okay. This one does not. Okay. So I feel as though there should be a program that would just handle like USB and HDMI input and be able to do it. Camera one, two, three. But here's the, what are you plugging these devices into? That's the question. Because this program is on your computer. Fine. You don't have an HDMI input on your computer, you have an output. Right, hmm. even so there'd have to be a box. There'd have to be yeah. Because even on my desktop computer with a you know full size graphics card and you know six different video outs, there's no video in. That's more of like a capture card kind of thing, which I don't. It, yeah, it would technically be like a capture card at that point that we'd be going for, but with multiple inputs that are switchable. It it's weird because most people who use capture cards maybe play video games for the you know sort of a YouTube channel or something and in which case they just they'll capture they might capture multiple streams but those are individual machines with their own capture cards that they and they just take the video from that and edit it in a regular editing program Justin it's not a switcher that. so hmm. so it's different it's an entirely different problem I think we need to find somebody who's doing that but There's at a that. level that it's more similar to where we want to be. There's not a Niagara okay. company called WeStream, W-E-E-S-T-R-E-A-M. Okay. And they do it. They do live events. There's only one small problem. What's that? And this is nothing against them, but I've watched a lot of it, and it sucks. Okay. Why does it suck? It's a video. Like, if you're going to do it, I don't know if they just they don't want to broadcast it in HD or something like that, but it, I've never seen it in full, in full HD. I've never seen something that looks like an alternative to saying, Hey, we're doing a new, uh, well and canal unveiling, or we're doing a new plaque unveiling at the well and canal. Maybe we should get Kojiko to come out and cover it. No, we'll just get WeStream. No, I'd much rather you have Kojiko because it would look better. It would look good if Kojiko did it. Hmm. But they they come out and they I feel what, what I does it look like I mean I've seen live streams of funerals so <laughs> that's I have something to compare it to as far as bad goes um maybe I was expecting more but every time because they'll they'll advertise for weddings too so they kind of have you know with respect to the fact that now I'm talking about a competitor almost but. More reason to trash talk them. Hmm. Um, is it like one camera angle? Is, is that the issue, or or is it like really zoomed them, out or something? Some of them, it seems like there's only one camera. Which okay. now, if they didn't have a multi-camera setup, Facebook Live almost negates that entire need. If you're only going to have one camera, you just you do it yourself. Up, yeah. Well, their website's not being responsive, so that's a good thing. Not a good thing, but come on. <laughs> if they're a competitor, it could be a good thing. Oh, wait, there we go. I think. 
WeStream. Welcome to WeStream. This isn't a sponsored video. We, I think that's evident. WEE, our company's premier, or sorry, our Ontario's premier professional live streaming company. We uses tiny wireless cameras to stream your events from multiple angles in stunning HL and HD. Sure. We do it all. Sports, weddings, meetings, concerts, parades, ceremonies, parties, and nobody does it better. Why did they emphasize tiny cameras? I, because I have a feeling that they're it's using their phones. Of phones. Blog pricing services. No way they could get away with that. Live sport. Okay. Thank you for the services. I want samples. Um... Welland Canal Fallen Workers Memorial. Hmm. Maybe I guess that is a pretty bad place to fall. I've seen workers like on the scaffolds before working in there. I have a bad feeling this may end up being better than I remember it. This is not good so far, so you have that part, right? So, so far, it's just one shot. It, it looks like is if they put a camera on the lawn outside of a venue that's having an event and, and just left it there. Oh, and there's there's pictures, and there's a, a camera operator standing in front of a reflective memorial stone Yep. in the shot. Why does anybody want to see that? Well, to be fair, the White House... Well, CNN will go live before a press conference at the White House, and they'll be live an hour before anybody goes up to talk. You can watch They'd on be Facebook. filling the air with something else, though. No. They? If you watch live on Facebook. Really? I did it after the school shooting, waiting. Well, I watched it after the fact, but I had to scrub through an hour of the podium with people testing, test one, two, three, four, for an hour to hear Trump talk for 15 minutes. Was not worth it. <laughs> Did you okay. expect it to be worth it? <laughs> to you, those whose names are lost in history. It's not bad, at the least. With, but it's really small. Why is the the picture really small, one by one square? Oh, that's why, right, because they're going to put it in another camera angle later. That's a different size that takes up the rest of the screen. But you wouldn't really do this in, on TV. You'd be cutting between it. It's strange. It's like they're using a template in the software that they're using or something. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, we, we have mentioned and talked before about doing, um, like, live-streamed weddings. And, yeah, I mean, good for them. They're doing it. This is a wedding. Audio quality sucks. Just start off. I can I can tell this isn't going to be good. But it's already a different style than we would ever end up doing. No, mul the multiple camera angles with the on the same screen doesn't really make sense. Like, why are they showing? Why were they showing like the corridor to get into the place while everybody's already sitting down at the venue? <laughs> and you're not like yeah. I guess at one point this was live. Yeah. But you're the not... video quality is still underwhelming. Yeah. Like that white dress looks like it's a washed out yellow. And there's there's an angle. Of... Camera positions are not bad. Eh. But because they're up above, I can't. I don't know what they'd be using. But it, it's they're obviously small, like they said. Cameras. What if they say? It's probably reasonably 
can probably be done quite easily if you just have like a bunch of webcams or something that's hooked up to huh. a computer, which because that's easy to easy enough to set up. Or an iPad. An iPad with a Rode microphone attached to the the kit. Please tell me that's just his monitor. Maybe maybe it's just his monitor. I don't know. Why would he film with an iPad? There's another iPad. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if if anybody from WeStream this this could be interesting. If everybody from WeStream hears this, contact us. Let's talk. Let's see how you do this. We can up this up this game quite a bit because you know we we have dreams and ambitions. I've never met any of these guys. They're Niagara based too, yeah. I believe. But hmm. no, I see them every now and then, and I'm just not impressed by what they do. But I also haven't found out, you know what their pricing is because they don't have any type of starting pricing so you could email them perhaps i could hmm. It'd be interesting i like yeah we just kind of talk bad about them not really but it'd be interesting to see why they do things the way they do I, I, maybe there is a good logistical reason mm-hmm. hmm. i i guess you've noticed and so probably is everybody else i just took out my headphones because i'd like to feel what it's like to talk without them because i know my audio levels are fine i never adjust them during the podcast it is entirely different. It is. It's like it, the room just got way bigger, and you get all the echoes of the room and everything. But theoretically, it's fine. It is. I mean, unless one of our microphones dies, but... Well, I guess that's I, true. I think my... I'm still at two bars. How are you doing? I'm at one. I'll leave mine on. Probably a good idea. Just in case. Hmm. Which, I know you're wearing just a fairly cheap pair of Sony's, I suppose, a monitor, because you don't really need crazy headphones to tell that your mic is still working. That's true. But what do you normally use if you are editing a wedding? Uh, much to the annoyance of Justin, uh, just some, um, just my, you know. Speakers? Speakers. Okay. It's one way to do it, I suppose. I, I, I'll do it a few different ways. To start, I will... Like, I'll use the speakers, and then I will export a... I always do a test on my... Because I, I want to make sure that I have my bases covered, kind of. I'm assuming that no bride is going to watch their video wearing headphones. It's, it seems kind of weird. It's true, but at the same time, nobody listens to their favorite album on studio monitor speakers, but you use them anyways to gauge the way it sounds. Yeah. So I gauge... Basically, I gauge the way the wedding sounds three different ways. I gauge based on my regular kind of middle of the road computer monitor or computer speakers. Okay. I will then also, I guess it's four ways. I will then also unplug the speakers and just let my computer run through, kind of see how it sounds with like just one general output. And then I always make sure before the wedding video is delivered that I listen to quite often the beginning of the ceremony with my surround sound speakers, even though it's not edited in surround sound, it plays all the way around. So at least I can kind of hear on yeah. a higher, not high end, but a higher end type model. And then just the speakers in my TV. So it's, it's not a long process. It takes is, all of 20 minutes less. Is than. the file in stereo? Uh, no, no. It would see, it wouldn't make sense for the most part for, for most of the microphones, although our Zoom microphones are pretty good for stereo. In fact, I should probably, I, from one side, I'm currently 
I guess I would be in their right ear. And then if I move over here, I should be in their left ear. And I can even hear it in my own headphones a little bit, the separation of uh, speakers. Hello. 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 It's very subtle. I feel like it'll be more defined if I Hello. was in the final product. Do you watch any ASMR stuff ever? No. Have you watched? You've never even seen a single video like that? I don't even know what we're talking about. Perfect. That's <laughs> great. I get to introduce you to this internet phenomenon. Okay. I feel like I might, though, know what you're talking but explain, and I'll see if I do. So, I feel like a hipster, because I knew about this before anybody had a name for it, pretty much. Okay. It might have been around 2009 or something, but I, for whatever reason, I was gravitated to, before bed, watching certain YouTube videos... That would typically deal with some really relaxing kind of content to me just because it would be stuff like it could be a review of a specific camera or like not I guess I wasn't really into cameras like that but any a technology something of technology but not in like a regular review way where you have like a very excited reviewer you it would be more like if you've ever watched a Japanese review of some kind of piece of technology god you, you the look on your face you think this is going somewhere else some I've, I've seen in Japan People who would take like an item they have listed on eBay and they they pick it up and they would they have the, the camera very close to it. You only see the object and they'll go over things and they'll talk very softly, very methodically, specific details about things. And then there's a three contact sensor at the bottom and they'll open the, the you know, the back of the door with the film camera and they'll be like, and hinges open, you know, clearly like they'll be very they'll describe what they're doing. And it's sort of relaxing to watch and you learn a bit about the products. Okay. Which I have an interest in. But then it transitioned from there to like watching. There's a lot of self help videos, like oh, this is how to like massage a part of your arm when it hurts or whatever, and like specific things. And I always found that stuff really relaxing. And then there was this group of people online that started talking about this weird sensation that they would have when they're watching these kind of videos. And eventually, the name that was decided upon, which is it's not a scientific thing at all, like to shorten it ASMR. Autonomic, autonomic sensory meridian response. Essentially, people describe it as like tingles in their, you know, their spine, or their head, or whatever. It's just sort of like a euphoric feeling. Hmm. If you you should look up some of these videos because they also stem into people experimenting with binaural recordings. I've done that, which is so cool. I don't know. Have you ever heard the? Um, there's a really famous one with it's like a, a barber shop or something or like a. I don't know, some kind of, there's a place where you go to get your virtual haircut. No, you should listen to it after. It's like, it's one of the first examples I could find. And it's so, it's strangely immersive and satisfying at the same time where you're directed into this, this hairdressing place at this, you know, barbershop and they have you walk in and you could hear the, you know, the sink running and somebody else in the background and there's somebody who decides to play music and hmm. they sit you down and they go and they have scissors and you can hear them spatially exactly you, you close your eyes and you're like that's you know above the left part of my head and oh it's behind me now and you can you can get this feeling of it it's very it's very immersive that's neat yeah. the only thing i've really experimented with is i've done a little i not so much anymore, but I used to subscribe to somebody on YouTube who would do, it's not self-hypnosis because they'd be doing it yourself, but it's not stage hypnosis. So it would just be like therapeutic hypnosis, but just, you know, like calming almost. Almost like a meditation. Meditation type thing. Those are the, those can fall into the category too if it's a very soft spoken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it does work. And it's that, amazing. 
it, it's this weird thing where at first it was a lot of videos like that where people would report this ASMR thing going on. In the I don't know, it's been many many years, probably blown up in the past five six years where people would make intentional ASMR. They would do things where they'd like you know they get like an object like a book and they would just flip through pages and describe something about it to you or or play with I don't know scissors or just something that creates a really weird sound spray bottles like the shh, shh sound. Can hear it different, you know, so the different parts you, of your head. You, this is going to be a really weird callback, but you've talked about it before. We, when we were shooting the the Beatty's printer video, mm-hmm. and you were manning the boom mic. Yes. And Monica had that mango juice, and you put the boom mic. That right was when she. Opened I remember it up, that. That you had mentioned that at that point, right? Because that would. Be, I probably would have. Yeah. Okay. It's one of those things that's extremely. Eh, it was. It was interesting to listen. <laughs> through a microphone and it's not even the same as real life there's some setups that are so elaborate for this stuff that people get these mannequin heads that have anatomically correct ears and the microphones are placed deep in the ear canal and it will mimic the exact way that the travel would the sound would travel to a viewer because the the entire way that humans can distinct where anything is in any particular direction is because of the difference of timing from one ear to the other and you can you can mimic that effect entirely with one of these like mannequin heads that has an anatomically correct ear. Hmm. It's very strange. Or people will also get these. You put them in, they look like earbuds, but they're microphones, and they go in your ears. And there's many different ways of doing it, but it, it sounds kind of weird because you can hear like if they go to swallow saliva in a very gross way. You can yeah. Get every detail of it. Hmm. It's this entire. I would almost want to do a podcast in a binaural, you know, a binaural setup. But it would only work if you had the microphone sort of position. You would be moving around the microphones or something. Or there'd be some kind of movement involved. Otherwise, it's kind of pointless. It's just stereo. When I, when I was younger, when I first started getting into hypnosis stuff, I bought a, I bought a CD and it was a memory. It was from. Uh, the, the hypnotist that inspired me to do what I used to do and it was all based on memory and I should really get back into it because it did work it would it, it would teach you how to recall things not necessarily like long articles but just the stupid things that sometimes people forget especially nowadays like, like phone, what like phone numbers okay I'm for the most part and now that I'm talking about this, like I, I will not be able to remember your phone number, but yours always throws me off with the seven five number. Different area code. Um, but no, I I can I know all my immediate family's phone numbers, just because. Makes sense. I've I can't remember how I my aunts have always had the same number, and I've learned them, and I know them. But no, any anything the mind. The mind is interesting. <laughs> in neurobiology class, we explored a little bit of the limitations where there's like humans will remember certain things better if you can segment them. For instance, phone numbers are good because, sure, it's certain num- it's certain amount of numbers. I guess it depends if you want to include your area codes and things. But it's easy because they're grouped. Like area codes, three numbers, then you have another three-digit code and a four-digit code. Your brain remembers that if it's as if it was only three different things and not the individual numbers itself. So like for me, 519 is considered one 
Yeah, it's like one unit, pretty much. Hmm. And there's that's how people can trick themselves into memorizing crazy amounts of digits of, of pi or something like that, where they, you just can break it down to some kind of sequence where your brain can think of a lot of numbers as just one thing. 3.14... One five nine. I yeah, think. that's I think two, two six of the next numbers, and <laughs> there's a lot of scrutiny that comes with it too because we got to call it properly on a podcast where you're being recorded. Well, I know it's three point one four. That's yeah. that's as far as I can guarantee, but I do I do think it's three point one four five nine. I think it's three point one four one one five five nine two six. I don't. I'm almost curious now. I want to see what it is. I don't even. Does the regular Apple calculator have pi available? No. Or you need a scientific one? Actually, I know the Apple calculator, if I turn it sideways. Oh, I think I was wrong. 3.14159. Oh, yeah, 26. And then the next number is 5. And that's I, as many digits as you can get displayed. I lied. If you turn it sideways, it's scientific. It's oh, I wonder what happened. Oh, that makes life easier. <laughs> I... I don't even think this is the default Android calculator, but it's the one that comes with an Asus phone. And you gotta, I thought you always had to slide over to get certain functions, but no, you can just turn it and you get the all right there. Okay, how far does your Pi go on sideways? Does it get extra digits? It does. 3.14159265358898. Yeah. It rounded. Probably. What's I get three point one four one five nine two six five three five eight nine seven nine three. Nine. Seven. <laughs> yeah. So you get a couple extra digits. Well, I mean, yours probably rounded too. But yeah. Well, you would have rounded, but later in the game. Yeah, that's neat. Hmm. That is. It, I was thinking about this the other day. It's very. It's a very weird thing to worry about, but. When you were younger, I'm assuming you were good with math. Nah. Were you okay with yeah, math? Yeah, like right up high until school? I would say I pretty much lost the plot by the time you got to advanced functions in grade 12. I didn't care anymore. I like calculus. That was pretty good. What did our parents do? What did, what am I going to do when I have children and they need help with their math homework? I had a thought the other day, and now I'm a little worried. Why is that? Because I wasn't all that good to begin with. Fair enough. I'm going to have to Couldn't take have a refresher been, well, course. I don't think I could be any worse than my parents. Just because, eh. I feel like I would usually ask, ask my dad, because my mom would just be like, ask your dad, he, he can do math. And he would just get frustrated at some point. Like, he would know how to do things, but then the way that the school is teaching me to do them yeah. was not the same as the way that he was taught to do them. I, but at the same time... My dad's the kind of guy that I don't. He probably hasn't read a book in his entire adult life, so he just doesn't care to keep up with that stuff. Whereas I feel like if they changed the way that they taught kids math, I'd probably know about it and know the the general premise of it. My aunt was a math teacher, so she was the one that I would go to. Um, I will not be able to teach like she did, and thankfully she taught as well as she did because there were some things that I didn't. I didn't get, I was never good with a lot of the more advanced math. A lot of the stuff that was tricky was just the longhand stuff. Like if you wanted to do long division or something, I don't even remember how to do that, but I know that I don't need to know how to do that because I have a calculator. I know, that's the problem. 
I mean, back then, and I mean, we graduated at slightly different times. I remember, like, even things back then, we were always taught, oh, you have to have good cursive. Nobody fucking writes cursive anymore. No. And I don't know if it's my generation or if it's a generation before me or after me, but nobody writes cursive anymore. No. And therefore, why did I learn it? I, I have a signature. And I have a that's very, useful. I use that a lot. I have a very defined signature for writing checks. My last name is more less a scribble at this point, but it's with the an same, apostrophe. With an apostrophe, but it's the same scribble every time. Um, but I don't write cursive. I don't even handwrite anymore, really, because people don't like my handwriting. So I, I can almost it's see such a specific thing too, because everybody does it a bit differently, and I I hate reading handwriting for that purpose, just because. People are insulted if you ask them about their handwriting or like, what, what's this word? Mm -hmm. Not, they are not going to have any of that. No, I know. So maybe, maybe I should ask my, my, um, I guess I'll be able to watch it with my nephews, see how they progress as far as math goes. Because maybe by then our kids will be learning a different type of math. Because if you, I, I don't know. If you have machines, yes, you have to learn the fundamentals. But if you have an easy access to something that is able to do it like that. it Really, the calculator part makes sense for... Basically, it makes sense for stuff that would take long, like division and multiplication. Well, yeah, division and multiplication. Because really, adding things and subtracting things is never going to be... It's probably faster just to do it by hand. But when it comes to... If you're if you're in high school and you're learning about logarithms or something like that, it was never expected that anybody did that by hand because I, I I was never even taught the method to do that. You just use the calculator because it is so much quicker than it would be to do it by hand. And yeah, there's rules like oh, if there's a a certain logarithm with a one or something, you know that what the answer is going to be immediately or whatever. But but other than the shortcuts, there's really nothing to worry about. Have schools become more politically correct? I mean, I know they have in some areas, but you know how people have the whole participation award? Because yeah. when we went to school, you'd always get marks for showing your work. That's kind of like participating. Kind of. You'd get marks for participating. I know, I didn't like that if you would get, if you got the answer right, but if you didn't show your work, they would, wouldn't give you perfect. Exactly. I didn't like that. But at the same time, it made sense because it would give you an extra opportunity to get marks for students who would mess up along the way. Because if you if you see if you get the concept, you should be able to do it. I think I don't know. Well, I mean, math is one of those things that you would have to write out because there's lots of intermediate steps. By the time you get to high school, especially because you're gonna be working, you know, you got a a quadratic equation that you got to solve or something. So it's not like you can just do that in one line. Hmm. I hope my children are artistic. I hear there's big money in that. No. Well, I don't know. Only if you're the best of the best. One thing, since I know you are a pro prolific reader, have you heard of <laughs> sort of Jordan Peterson's 12 Steps for Life? I almost bought it. Do it. Did you, did you read it? Uh, probably halfway through. It, I, audio, uh, like yeah, audiobook? Audiobook. Just because I don't deal with paper anymore. I, I feel like I should get the audiobook. I'd get through it a lot more. That was... It did is, you hear the podcast with him recently with Joe Rogan? 
Like mm. it was a week ago. No, I haven't heard that one then. Listen to it. I've heard his other. He was on. He's on there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the most recent one's really good. Yeah, they talk about the book. He, he was talking about the book a little bit, and that's what turned me on to the book. Like I'll stop. I've heard some of his lectures in which he talked about topics that mm-hmm. are also in the book. Book is presented entirely differently, and it is because he has the time to explain things. It is amazing. I know. It's it's on my list. I was actually thinking about getting it because uh, I. I, when I go away on vacation, a lot of times I'll write, and I do want to write while we're away, but I also want to read something. And I'm, I, I am totally for if we can pull it off. Just instead of listening to music on part of the trip, why don't we just finish? Why don't we do a book? Like, because you could fit a book in and still listen to music for more than half the trip. I don't know if we can all agree on a book, but I, I would. Don't I don't. Either. I don't even care. I'm not that picky. I would pretty much listen to anything that's a decent seller on Audible. Fire and Fury. Honestly, <laughs> I would listen to it. I don't care. That was on the shelves too. I I was in Walmart shopping for books or for a present and I saw it and it was, they only have it in hardcover. Like, I don't want to spend $45 on it. 40 Yeah, no, I can't do that. I want the book, but I don't, if it's going to be that much. I do, I do love collecting books, but I think I should make a promise to myself that I will never buy a new book ever again I, I like i'll shop in used bookshops because it's a much more entertaining experience mm-hmm. anyways well i wanted to I, I told tila this yesterday um i know you're not doing it anymore at least in that capacity but i finally get it i was i was in welland uh, i was going to a movie saw peter rabbit okay go see it it's funny it's I, actually I've really that, good there's a lot of controversy about it too. i know there is yeah. but it's funny the controversies because they kind of there's a murder plot of with well a, there is a murder a plot allergen. yeah yeah and the the uh, but the guy was literally trying to kill these rabbits so yeah you can't feel too sorry for the him. the big thing the rabbits kind of almost kill him because of his allergy yeah but even in the movie there's a point in the movie Peter Rabbit breaks the fourth wall and says we don't want to get letters for this no yeah and then they do and then they do of course so they knew but. It was really funny. Yeah. It was I. I would recommend go see, it, especially since you know, cute animals. Sure, I'll, I'd watch it. It was cute. Now, they had a trailer show, a trailer and RV show at the Welland Mall in the old Target. Okay. So I went and went with Melissa just to look, and I haven't been in too many type. Like livable trailers that aren't stationary, like my parents' vacation trailer. Yeah. Or ones that are mobile, like my um, stepsister's camping trailer, which is smaller. But I saw some, and for the first time ever, with a few modifications, I saw actually being able to live in a tiny house for the first time ever. What made your mind change? How well designed. These trailers were. Mm-hmm. See, I'm not. I I have no desire to build one, and that's 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 just it. Well, it's like building a house, but on a smaller yeah. scale. Which so. out out of, I mean, if if I had to build anything if, between a house and a tiny house, it'd be interesting. It'd be more interesting to build the tiny house. But I saw hmm. just really really good um, space economy making the yeah. most out of small spaces. With re- there there were some trailers that were were too small. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. And then there were some where I was looking and I was thinking, right now, if I had to, the only thing I would need, because I have the iMac, is I need a debt, like I need yeah. a place. 
and most of them didn't have the space. One comfortably had the space for dining room table or like small table, um, you know, chair, small TV. And then there were, there was one trailer that had just two extra lounge chairs. I'm like, you got rid of this. You put a desk and a desktop. And that was the trailer where it had a nice if, enough. If you had to, did they tell you how long this trailer was? This camper? No. I, di- I didn't look at the specs, but they, they were very nicely designed. Okay. I, I, I guess that is somewhat new. I, I did want to build a tiny house at one point. I still do. I still think I would use something like that. It's just it's not practical just because it'd be nice to have a house that I could a real house to renovate and, you know, do maybe rent it out to somebody eventually. But but the thing with the tiny houses is I find you have to go on the bigger side to make it useful for long term living, because a lot of a lot of campers are maybe like 16 feet long and campers in and of themselves are restrictive because they're always one floor there's like no loft area in a camper and it, it they always feel small a camper feels like a camper these ones didn't which is no. what surprised me and the, but the tiny house is different because it's not a aluminum bubble it's it's a square it's a rectangular mm-hmm. house and people often at least for i know myself i wanted to get the maximum dimensions i could legally because there's a height restriction of about 13 feet or something, 13 and a half, I don't know, something like that, which is the max height you can work at. And the, there's certain length restrictions too on the trailers you can get, but I was looking at 24-foot trailers. Like if you've been on like a 24-foot boat, yeah, that's big, that's that huge. So with that amount of space and with that amount of height, you're dealing with a place that you can now put the, the sleeping area up in a loft, so that's out of the way, because most campers, well, all campers have the bed at the back or whatever, and it takes up... It's a bedroom. It takes up way too much space. You lose a lot of useful space. Tiny home, that's out of the way. If you want to, now you can have an office the size of a bedroom that you would find in a camper. That and the actual bathroom situation too, I was going to go really crazy. Like I really want a nice bathroom. So I would probably get something with like a tiled setup and you'd have like a window that goes to the outside. or. or Well, that with those trailers... There were some that were just too small, and the small ones had, like, the toilet in the shower. Like, really small, portable. Yeah, I didn't, I never liked that too much. And some of them, it would be kind of what you would expect in a camper where just a little bit of space, you open the door, small sink, toilet, shower. Yeah. And then some, there was enough space to actually stand and, like, shave in the mirror. Like I think the way that I organized it, it was, like, a minimum of about three and a half to four feet wide, so there's enough room to walk, and it was probably going to be like eight feet long. So a de- you could lay down on the bathroom floor That's comfortably. Me. But I I mentioned it just because I always thought it was weird, mainly because I have a lot of stuff, and I have been slowly going through purging things that I absolutely don't need. You have a lot of large furniture, which is the, yes. the tricky part. Um, none of which, like, I mean, people make fun of me. But the the furniture itself was a victim of circumstance. Mm-hmm. I needed a chair. I needed a I, well for the longest time. I went through a couch. People would make fun of me for not having a couch. I finally get a couch. People make fun of the couch. I don't need the couch. I didn't need the couch. I had big chairs, but that's because they were given to me. I used them. Mm-hmm. 
I do have an emotional connection with them, but if I absolutely had to, or if I found a house or a tiny house where I'm like, I want to live here, or if I built it, I could do without the chairs. And I'm not saying I would get rid of my things. I'd put them in storage. Yeah. Because at one point, I'm going to have a house. That's also the premise of getting a house first before the tiny house is, even if I rent it out to people, I could build a heated shed in relatively little time. I feel like I have the expertise required or a studio or whatever. The biggest thing is having enough space to do that because I don't, the house doesn't need to be big if I'm renting it out to somebody else. So it's not the biggest deal in the world. I, I don't, it makes more sense to do it in that specific order. And that's why I decided on doing that. Hmm. Well, I mean, it all depends on how you were going to go about things. The, the idea to have a tiny house or buy a plot of land, build a tiny house and be, be affordable that way is a, is a, Good idea. If you have money to buy land. Yes. Because you can't get a mortgage for land. No. So that's that's the problem. And I mean, Teal asked me if you guys could park the tiny house in my garage or my parking or driveway, mm-hmm. which would have helped, but I don't have the driveway yet. No, not yet. Um, which it's all on the all on the cards. It's all it's all on the table. It's just as we've talked about before, there's more variables at play. Um, we were we were loading real estate videos yesterday, just because we saw some really bad ones. We saw some really good ones. Okay. And we were talking about what makes a good one good, what makes a bad one bad, and how real estate photography in general is nice if you can do it. But from what I understand, it's very hard to make a career out of it. If you find a new real estate agent, you get in with them, or you know somebody, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And the reason why it's good is because real estate companies, the head offices, will pay for a certain percentage of the photos. So the agent only has to pay X percentage as well. And a lot of times you can split that with the clients that are selling their house. Now, my aunt, who is a real estate agent in Toronto, deals with a photography company that I I told her I would do it, but I can't compete with their pricing. Okay. At all. And when you think about it, nobody can. Like it's it's an agency. So this real estate photographer potentially might be doing it might be doing 10 houses a day in Toronto. Yeah. Maybe it's feasible then. But then they're in Toronto. So unless they live elsewhere, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's feasible. Think can... Because the agency charges like 80 to 100 bucks for the photos, which isn't the worst thing, but the photographer's not getting that. No. And the agency makes a spread for the real estate agent. So it's not just taking the photos, it's designing a spread. So like a full page wide of the house and then with the photos. I know it's obviously a template, but you still but have to take the time to put in the photos. It's a little bit of graphic design that goes into that. Yeah. I, I can't compete with that. No. To do it occasionally, that'd be that'd be nice, but there's there's no money in real estate photography, I don't think. The I, weird thing about you saying that is I don't know where these people are getting statistics from, but that's actually the most lucrative type of photography as reported because they say the average I've seen things say like the average photographer makes forty to fifty thousand dollars a year in wherever the heck it was in America. Somebody who can do this full time. The average real estate photographer, with that caveat, was making closer to seventy four in America. In wherever it was in America. Okay. It could be different. I, I don't. I don't know. Like somebody who makes a full time thing out of that, you'd think there'd be more money in real estate almost because there'd be a lot more. There's a lot more money on the table to bargain with. They're selling is. a house, right? So there's a 
But there's a problem with that, and I don't know if it's just, if it's a Canadian thing, it might be just a Niagara thing. Okay. Because my parents say, you should do real estate, you should do real estate. I try to talk to real estate agents all the time. I've talked to a few on Instagram. They're like, ah, you know, like to keep our options open, we'll let you know. They never get back in touch. How how many times do you message somebody before it's pestering? You don't want to burn a bridge, especially if eventually I'm going to buy a house. When I was like 19, I used to go to the Century 21 and I would try to convince every agent I could to do this for Harvey, none of them took right. me seriously. But you see even professional real estate ads on Royal Page or Remax and they're crap photos. So the yeah. agents are getting a camera themselves and just taking the photos. And the standard's so low that nobody cares anyways. Exactly. So in certain parts of the states, sure, you might be able to make a good living. Maybe there's a regulation there. I don't know. Maybe... I, I, I just don't know how it works, but I have yet to find a real estate agent who would even be willing to talk to me. I, I have real estate photo prices on my website or on our website for people that may want to, but they're not $60. No. Because it, it, there's time involved in that. No. It, you, there's a lot of driving around, too. Like, if it was a full-time thing... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta you gotta change location every time you're gonna sh- do another shoot. So yeah. it's it's a lot of driving around, a lot yeah. of times setting up stuff. There's a lot of lighting involved in real estate photography. Like I would like to go to the I would probably get like eight speed lights or something because you do the you know you do the trick where you stick them all behind the window or do the opposite. So you could make fake sunlight in certain situations if you need to. I may have a I may have a project for you actually. Really? That uh, that B and B. When she gets bed, I I talked about it before, and then she went to Italy, and then okay. I finally got the proposal. Uh, there's a bed and breakfast in Niagara on the Lake that we might be doing uh, promo photos for. Nice. So I'll let you. I I love getting creative with that kind of stuff. I'll let you go nuts with it. Plus, it'd be so good to just have a real estate photography that has no HDR in it. <laughs> yeah, that's if you if you see HDR in the listings, you know it's professional, but that. That's about the only reason. These professionals, all they do is HDR yep. for some reason. So no, she has she has three rooms. She needs photograph. Well, if they if she goes one way, she needs talking about this. Will either be working for her by the time this one comes out, or she won't be interested. So I don't feel bad talking about it. Not bad. But she's either going to need just photos of the rooms, like multiple different angles or a few different angles. Or she's going to go an upgraded way and have photos of the rooms and also photos of the smaller parts like her, like her, uh, she has a kitchenette in the smaller rooms just for Instagram and Facebook type thing. But yeah, I thought it'd be something you would like. I'd like to come and help out because it's, it's a neat little project and it's a very nice, it's a very nice B&B. So it'd be something different for sure. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's on the table. Real estate, I don't know, but we... We saw, we ended up doing normal, everything okay? Yeah. yeah, everything's fine. We've been recording for over two hours. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. I only knew because I was getting hungry. Oh. That's about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, well, final point. Real estate videos, we were going through them, time, kind of to go back to the tiny house, and we accidentally ended up on a... Six million dollar house in Grimsby. Okay, beautiful house. Probably on a vineyard. No, just over just over the escarpment overlooking Lake Ontario and whatnot. Beautiful, nice areas up in the hills. Stunning indoor pool with a fountain in the pool (laughs) with a fountain. All right, 
drop down, 100-foot screen in front of the pool. Uh, eight fireplaces. Eight fireplaces. Yep. Uh, yeah. Wow. So very big. And we went down the rabbit hole of really expensive houses and finally got to the point where th- this is pointless. Like these are not attractive to us because we're making fun of how over the top over there. the top it is and the every video is kind of like you've worked hard all your life now get something you really deserve no if that's not the hard, worst audience to sell yeah. to because these are people that are just going to put themselves so into debt because they can't actually afford a place like that i would right imagine. and then if you've worked hard all your life you're buying a vacation home in the tribe like you're not buying a six million dollar yeah. Like that's insane. No, and you'd be better off with a two hundred thousand dollar house in California. Yeah. yeah, beautiful homes, pointlessly beautiful homes. I don't need two wine cellars. No, <laughs> God, that's amazing. <laughs> I want to visit one of these houses. Well, exactly. Get lost they, in they, it. They'd be cool to see. Yeah. But then we went back to the normal homes, and it's kind of nice to see kind of where you are mentally, because you see smaller homes, and it's like, yeah. Those are nice. That's enough. And I think that that's, that's very important. And people say, you know, I'm cheap or maybe greedy or whatever. But no, smaller homes, I'm okay with it. It's enough. And I don't need eight fireplaces or 12 bedrooms. No. And the, the, uh, some of the, a lot of the videos were actual dramatized uh, real estate videos. So there'd be a family or in one of the videos a couple – acting in the house so you want to never see your spouse just well exactly separate parts of the house but if you're buying a six million dollar house you're not working from home mm. i don't think you're you're out Maybe. making deals i guess i would think you're not you're not or you're just born in the money I don't know. yes but if you're buying a six million dollar house you're not pouring yourself a cappuccino getting a getting a uh croissant going to your desk your very sexy wife or girlfriend comes out of the pool, walks on your tile floor with no shoes on. Like you, you, you would wear proper footwear. You wouldn't want to get water on the tiles. No, of course. I'm just saying. And then she's going to take your croissant and espresso. Like it was just some of the narratives were really weird. I'm sure somebody had fun filming it. I'm sure I, for homes like that, I hope they made good money doing those videos. Some of the drone so shots, the- like some of the views. That's enough. There was if the one house is that a, big, why don't I just rent the helicopter? Well, yeah. it's true. <laughs> like so, uh, one, the one house had a widow's peak or a uh, crow's nest. Crow's nest. Whatever. That would make more sense. But it was an enclosed one. It has a hairline that might be a, that might be a weird house. But it was, you, you would be able to see over the escarpment from that view. That'd be nice. It would be. Hmm. The one... Community I was building for it was it was for Empire communities, amazing place because it is on top of the escarpment and you could theoretically see very far, but it's a subdivision. So all the other your neighbors' houses are in front of you, and if you're lucky enough to be at the northern northern tip of it, as you could see, probably great views, probably a lot more expensive lots. But well, I'm assuming that's how it goes because Grimsby now is getting built up with condos and stuff like that. And I guess, the, I guess the higher they go, the more they're allowed to say, hey, these are water view or water floor premium. View. That's what they get, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Toronto's going to kill Niagara. It's just going to be a bunch of Torontonians. It's going to be Toronto South. 
I get to meet them all when they come and visit their houses. And I'm, I just ask them, like, are you going to live here? And then they're just usually like, no, I'm not. I'm going to I'm gonna rent it. Yep. That's. that's or, or it is yes. And it's yes, I'm going to move in with my four children that are all spoiled brats and yep. don't appreciate the amount of money I have. No, that's. Well, I'm sure you you went to school. I know we're going long, but you went to school with probably some entitled people. Would you say didn't hang out with any of them no. for particularly long? I guess you wouldn't have had to. I went to school with entitled. Yeah, and then we had to work with them, and that wasn't great. That's even worse in film because well, actors, actors, yeah, some actors get in and like have a have an ego about them, but mm-hmm. film entitled. Uh, you know, my parents bought me. You know, back then. If you had a if you had a brand new 5D Mark II in 2010, yeah. that's badass. That would be the thing. Yeah, See, there's definitely a way. To, there's a way to look entitled for that. For biology students, it's it's the way that you act entitled for that is you tell everybody that you're going to go to med school, which only has two outcomes. Either one, you look at them and you're like, no, you're going to drop out, <laughs> or you're just like, yeah, this person is outdoing my grades, like. Like you wouldn't believe, so I yeah, I believe him. It's pretty, pretty pretty straightforward to solve whether their ego is in check or not. I thought it was cool when I started film school because I did my my thirty six hour work term with A and W head office when I flew across Canada with them, and I got to be their their videographer and their social media correspondent, which is cool. I actually got to talk to Lady Gaga. <laughs> really? Yeah, over Twitter. Because she was commenting on the AW feed and we were talking back and forth. <laughs> yeah. My how I've fallen. But um, that was neat and I thought that that was a big deal. And then when the first week of school when we were sharing experiences, I had said that. And then somebody else's father works on worked on whatever Jimmy Fallon had before The Late Show. And like, of course. Oh, that's why you're here. Yeah. And that's what she's doing now. So, I mean, good for her. You know your connections. Uh, that's helps, good. Helps when you have them before you even go into. Yeah. You kind of built into it. I, I went to school with somebody whose father owns a big business in Tilsonburg, who at one point was competing with my father. And he never wanted to get into his father's business. But lo and behold, he's doing it now. And I... I feel like he might have changed to the point where he can respect the actual business now. Okay. But there's just, it feel it feels, it's like the 1960s thing. I just feel like he sold out. <laughs> sold out to the man. Gave up on the arts. Well, he was never artistic, but he wanted to do his own thing. But it's, it's like those old movies where you let, you let your family, your family business crumple if you don't come back home to tend to it. Mm-hmm. So no, he's doing it, and now it's the third generation business. So, which I guess is important. It does sound well. Once you've once you've bridged the gap from one generation to the next, clearly it's going to keep going for a while. Yeah. If I have a kid and he wants to be a photographer, that's fine. But he is starting at the bottom. He's going to be a DH Media lackey. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have somebody carry your lights around. You do. Jesse Jr., let's go. <laughs> Except that wouldn't be his name. <laughs> I would hope not. No. Although JJ would work. Uh, no. No. 
something else is better, just as long as it's Dulster. The last one that can keep this going. It's all on you. I know. So as much as I want a daughter, I was thinking about it, it has to be a son. Because I have a daughter, it's only going to carry the name. But then by then, nowadays, the, the, the woman I'm with right now, the lady I'm with right now, is the first person I've dated ever. That will have kids with you? Yes. <laughs> who, is, who is willing to have children, but is also okay with taking my last name. I never thought of it wow. as such a big deal. You've got some. You've dated some very dominant types. Uh, my high school girlfriend just wasn't interested. Okay. The one I dated in college, hell no, she refused. I guess it might just become a thing that's accepted as which I, the norm I, is that you don't take the last name. I feel like it's a lot of people. It is definitely that. more accepted now than ever before. Yeah. But if she if if she does that and she doesn't want to take my last name, that's fine. The child will, or I'm walking. So <laughs> you draw the line. No, I don't have to worry. I don't think. Just don't make a hyphenated last name or something. Pardon? Just don't hyphenate the last name to have two of them. No, not cool. Not at all. That's too many words. And on that existential reproductive note, until next and time, every cell of our our body is screaming to reproduce and pass on our genetic information. We got to worry about that. Yeah. Till next time. Yeah. This is going to be one to edit. That'll be For you, fun. Yeah. yeah. If you want to keep doing it. I, I don't mind doing the video editing. I think we'll have to switch at some point just because I'm getting I'd behind. Like I got I got to catch up on them. The first one's fine. It's the second one that I'm enjoying doing. I Because the second one and this one, God willing, are the only ones that we haven't had any issues with. <laughs> and this one will be good just to do the entire time, which I which I like. Once it's all lined up, then it's just sitting and listening again. It's funny because I don't wear headphones listening to it. So Justin is listening and he laughs at points too. So I know there's there's something there. There's I, I got to get Tila on and listening, but I don't feel like she's interested enough. Yeah, Melissa won't listen to this. She already said she won't. So that's why they aren't invited back to the nights of recording. <laughs> Have a good week. We don't need them. See ya.